0: Radio.com presents stories of mystery and intrigue, espionage and suspense. Hear tales of ticking time bombs, mysterious crime scenes, and cloak and dagger action. This is Relic Radio Thrillers.
1: The following is transcribed from an earlier network broadcast.
2: The American Broadcasting Company presents I Love Adventure. (laughs) Incident number nine, The Girl in the Street, a new Carlton E. Morse production featuring Jack, Doc, and Reggie.
3: Just to keep the record straight, I'm Jack Packard. The red-headed Texan seated there with his feet on the desk is Doc Long. It's four o'clock in the afternoon, the A-1 Detective Agency, just off Hollywood Boulevard, and one flight up. Reggie York is down at the Federal Building getting some information on a recent smuggling activity on the Mexican border. And Mary Kay Jones, the cutest secretary in Hollywood, is with him to take down the data. That leaves Doc Long and me in the office.
0: I don't get it, Jack. Why you have to go sending Reggie out on cases which involves having to take along Mary Kay?
3: You said you didn't want that smuggling case. Well,
0: if I'd known it involved taking Mary Kay out for the afternoon. Are you
3: interested in work or in women?
0: Women. That's a silly question. Uh, I could have known better. Ain't nothing I'm more interested in than women, and ain't never going to be nothing I'm more interested in than women. And I just wish there was more little old female women in the world for me to be interested in.
3: You're wasting your time in a detective
0: office. Oh, I am? If you're so all-fired interested in women... Ain't you forgetting Mary Kay Jones? Yeah. Mary Kay Jones. Cutest little secretary that ever crossed her knees to hold up her dictation book. Remember her, son? Well, yeah. just your size, huh? That cat gal has got just about everything a man could ever hope to expect out of life. And all tied up in one bundle as neat and as trim as 40 cents. I think he... It was at that
3: moment that Fred Locke entered the A-1 office and started the wheels going on one of the most insane cases I ever had. It involved Mrs. John Frazier from the very beginning. Mrs. John Frazier, better known as Satin. That she wasn't killed at once is... But there was Fred Locke just entering the A-1's office, and this is where it began.
1: I want to talk to Jack Packard. That's me. Privately.
3: This is Doc Long, one of my partners.
1: Alone, Private. You mind? Well, yes, yeah, Bort, we mind. A lot. Look, you two, take a gant at this paper. Here, feast your eyes on it.
3: Oh. Oh, well, that's it.
0: Excuse me for being a liar.
3: Go ahead, you two.
0: Talk just as darn private as you want to.
3: Come on. Go ahead.
1: All right, so you're a federal man. What's the fitch? The government wants a case broken fast. It's developing right here in Los Angeles, and we've got to put a man at the head who's completely unidentified with government work.
3: And I'm it, huh?
1: Yep. You won't appear in the case much, not on the surface. But you'll be working like a two-tailed cyclone behind the scenes. Are you in it? I'm in it, up to my ears. Who else? Satin Fraser, for one. Who? Oh? Satin Fraser, Mrs. John Frazier. If she comes out of this alive, she'll be the luckiest young woman ever to breathe air. <laughs>
4: Here I am, Satin Frazier, Mrs. Johnny Frazier, standing in the evening fog on the street corner at your field in Rossmoor. A June evening with the sea fog hanging among the newly leafed out trees like gray smoke, and circling around the dim street lamps like moist, glistening halos. I was all alone on the corner, just standing there, so that the headlights of the occasional traffic spotlighted me with sudden brilliance. Just now, two 15- or 16-year-old Bobby Socks has joined me on the corner. Their white shoes and socks look cheap and dingy under the streetlight. And their bare ankles glisten. Their white peekaboo waist give them a naughty girl and glad it feeling. And here comes a car.
5: Hi, Mouseme. Going our way? Maybe. Which way are you going? <laughs> you hear that, Jim? She wants to know which way we're going. Come on, climb in.
4: Okay. Come on, Julia. Well, open the door, stupid. Here, you two girls, don't do that. Why? Well, do you know these boys. What business is it of yours?
2: Sure, Grandma. What a big nose you got.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, open the door. Door don't work. Come on, Julia. I'll pull you up over. Up oh, you go. Hey, you got a lot of girl under that kimono. All right, sweetheart, you're next. Hey, go easy. And the only daughter my mother's got. Stop. Here you come. Nothing to you but a handful of feathers. Give her the gun,
4: Jim. So I just stood there and watched the beginning of another sordid little tragedy of the city streets. Foolish, ignorant, tawdry little butterflies. Don't think I'm a moralist. I'm not. But as I stood there in the light. The shadows of the changing traffic, with the wet fog making my face cool and forming little beads of moisture on my eyelashes. I couldn't help thinking of my own love that glowed so warm and bright inside and contrasted so terribly with the ugly little scene I just witnessed. Uh-oh. Here's a man in uniform.
5: I beg your pardon.
4: Well?
0: I'm um, um,
4: You don't need to apologize to me.
0: You, uh, busy this evening? Yes. Oh, that's too bad.
5: Hey, 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 you you don't need to back up from me. I've been eating a lot of breath sweetener.
4: I just don't want you to fall on me. Hey, you
5: mind if I lean up against this electric light pole? No. Hmm. Mind if I unbutton my blouse? It's your blouse. (laughs) I guess I'm awfully spivacated.
4: I guess you are. Uh,
5: mind if I go over and lay down on that lawn over there?
4: Not at all. I'm sure the owners are patriotic citizens and would love to have a uniform sleep on their lawn.
0: Well, what's the use of being sarcastic? world's full of sarcastic
5: people. Well, what's the use of it?
4: Poor kid. Probably a lonesome, unhappy boy in a strange town at loose ends. On the other hand, sometimes if you give a lonesome boy a little leeway, you don't get gratitude. All you get trouble. I was wondering just how long I was going to have to stand here at Muirfield and Rossmore waiting when it happened.
6: Well, well, if it isn't our little friend Satin. Hello, Satin. Here, wait a minute. Take her other arm, Ernst. Of course you're coming with us. Let go of my arm.
4: What are you two trying to do?
6: Hang on to her Nick. You don't need to be ashamed of us, satin. We put on our dinner jackets just especially for you. Maybe she wanted white tie and tail.
4: Where are you taking me? Who are you? Satin,
6: how can you? And after all these hmm. years.
4: I never saw you before in my life. Don't you know this is kidnapping? Don't you know they expect people? <laughs> you two men must be insane.
6: All right, here's the car. Slide in the front seat between us. Ernst, you drive. I want to sit with my arm around Sally. No, I
4: don't want to. Please? (gasps) You're breaking my arm. Oh, don't. I'll get in. That's.
6: She smells nice. Ernst, why do you suppose it is that a beautiful girl always smells so much more exciting when she's in an evening gown? Because she is more exciting. My brother, you're so prosaic. I've always had a sneaking suspicion that before she put on her gown, she slips into some mysterious, fragrant, invisible garment that gives her special perfume.
4: Who are you two? How do you know my name?
6: Satin Frasier? Why, we've known Satin Fraser since she was a little girl with skinned knees
4: and a missing tooth right
6: in front and pigtails down to her waist and freckles on her nose when it wasn't sunburned.
4: Who are you? Who are you? Either you must be crazy or I am. That's Ernst
6: Gorman at the wheel? Uh, Don't let her fool you, Nick. She knows us all right. I never heard of Ernst
4: Gorman in my life. Who are you? I'm his brother, Nick. Ernst Nick Gorman. I'll remember that.
6: (laughs) You hear that, Ernst? She's really going to carry it off, (laughs) pretending not to know us. She knows us all right.
4: You're trying to drive me crazy. That's what you're trying to do. You're kidnapping me and pretending something that's not so. You're trying to make me believe something I know isn't so.
6: Maybe you're deliberately trying to drive me crazy. Now, why doesn't she want to know us, Ernst? We're really quite presentable. Remember how we were sought after in Buenos Aires last spring? And the girls in Mexico City were mad about us. What's the reason? There's got to be a reason. Why did two strange men kidnap a girl and try to drive her crazy? I don't think she's listening to us. She will. When we get her there.
4: Please. (laughs) hurting my arm.
6: I'm afraid we can't trust you, Santin. Did you notice her trying to communicate with a clerk as we came through the lobby? Yeah, I've
4: got the key. I'll kill you if you don't stop hurting me. Let go of my wrist. Right down the hall here. And
6: that wicked, wicked attempt to attract the attention of the elevator operator. Utterly vicious. You
4: torture animals and love it.
6: Uh, watch it, Nick. You don't make her yell before we get in the apartment. Oh, she won't mm. yell, will you, Satter? Get the door open. Women and children first. That's it. <coughs> now oh. you can have your wrist all to yourself.
4: If you haven't torn the ligaments loose. <laughs> the
6: same little crybaby as always, huh, Satter? Uh, look around. Look at the apartment. Now do you know where you are? And who Ernst and Nick Gorman are? Of course. My own apartment. How did you get a key to it? (laughs) Ernst, tell her. How did you get a key to Satin's apartment? Uh, Although she didn't know.
4: I I don't like the way you said that.
6: Oh, come on. Uh, You're not going to tell me I wasn't here in this apartment last evening? You were not. Then where did I get this key? I don't know. Don't you have a convenient memory? No. I'm very broad-minded. You don't need to cover up with me. If you gave Ernst a key to your apartment... What are you people
4: trying to do to me? What is this horrible business?
6: Do you deny that you flew into San Francisco from Tokyo last Friday? No. That you left a husband in the military diplomatic service behind in Tokyo? No. That you came to Los Angeles on the Lark on Sunday and reopened this apartment here in Beverly Hills Monday?
4: Yes, I did that. Give us the letter. Letter?
6: The letter your husband sent home with you. The letter we are supposed to have. Letter? Yes, the letter. It's our letter. Your husband meant for us to have it. No, no. What's the idea of pretending you don't know us? Who are you saving the letter for? Who's got a better eye to it than we have?
4: You're all mixed up. There isn't any letter. Oh, no, my wrist. Oh, What was that? I-, I don't know. Well, go find out. Invite
6: him in. You... you want me? Of course. Your friends are our friends. Well, all right.
1: Oh. Well, so you are home. I heard you were back and had opened your apartment. Hey, you don't remember me, do you? I'm Fred Locke, who had the apartment just under you.
4: Oh. Oh, yes, Mr. Locke. Won't you come in?
1: Thank you. Oh, you have company. I didn't mean quite to...
6: Quite all right. The more the merrier. We were just welcoming Satin back to the United States. I'm Nick Gorman. This is my brother, Ann.
4: Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. This is Mr. Locke. He, he has the apartment under us. My husband and I knew him quite well before we went to Tokyo.
1: Yeah, Yes, that's been, let's see, one, almost two years ago. <laughs> you know, I came up here on a goodwill mission. Knowing you were just back and alone, I had intended asking you to have dinner with me.
4: Oh, yes. Thank you. I mean, how thoughtful. That's
1: it. And after Ernst and I... Don't let me interfere with... Well, it's
4: perfectly all right. Ernst and Nick just dropped in for a cocktail.
1: Well, then, if you gentlemen will excuse us... I...
4: Oh, no! Please! Oh. Where? Well,
6: well, well. Mr. Locke's carrying a gun. So put him up to the chair while
4: I lash his arms in the place. What are you doing with him? Uh, uh, there you are. Well, what are you doing with Mr. Locke? Mr. Locke? Mr. Locke, are you hurt?
6: That's the $64 question. Put a gag in his mouth before I can tell her. Ah. Well, he's coming out of it. He knows what's happened to him. Well, let him mumble in his handkerchief. Tie it tight. tight. You criminals.
4: humaniacal criminals. Well, that'll
6: do it. Now then, satin darling. I'm sure you don't want to see an innocent man murdered.
4: What? What's that in your hand?
6: Fancy that, Ernst. Satin never saw a gun equipped with a silencer. Silencer?
4: Just...
6: When the gun goes off, it sounds like the pop of a champagne cork.
4: You couldn't kill him. Not with his hands tied behind him. Not with a gag in his mouth and his feet tied to the legs of his chair. Are your knees
6: wobbling? Here, you'd better sit down. Where? Fix our cocktail, Ernst. I could do with one myself.
4: Please, what's Mr. Locke to you?
6: Not a blessed thing. But unless you give us that letter, we are going to have to kill him to prove to you we mean business.
4: No, you wouldn't. Come on,
6: be a good girl. Give us our letter.
4: I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know you.
6: I don't know anything about any letters. Easy, easy. Well, that's it. Uh, give her the cocktail. I'll drink this. No. Drink. <laughs>
4: there. Now you
6: feel better.
4: What was in that cocktail?
6: We've got one more chance to save Locke here. One more chance. Where's the letter?
4: There isn't any letter. There isn't.
6: At the sound of the first champagne cork, Mr. Locke will have a hole in his stomach.
4: There is no letter.
6: At the sound of the second cork, Mr. Locke will be dead.
4: What did you put in my drink?
6: The letter. The letter.
4: I don't know. I don't know. Poor Mr. Locke.
6: Poor Satin. She's out. Get the ropes off Locke. Leave him sitting in the chair. I'll take care of the girl while she's unconscious.
4: I knew from the moment I began dreaming that it was all a dream. And if only I could wake up, everything would be all right. I was back in Tokyo saying goodbye to my love, to Johnny, to Captain John Fraser of the Occupational and Reconstruction Force. Johnny was sending me back to the United States in my dream, just as he actually did only a week ago. Here we are out at the Royal National Airport outside of Tokyo. There's the same giant DC-6 that brought me so swiftly, so gloriously back across the Pacific. And there's Captain Johnny holding me in his arms. Oh, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. It's only a dream. I know you're still in Tokyo, and I'm back in Beverly Hills, California. But before I wake up, before I stop dreaming, tell me about the letter. You didn't give me a letter, did you? There isn't any letter, is there? Why do they keep asking me for a letter? What letter? Johnny, what letter? What? Letter? <laughs> Mrs. Fraser,
5: Mrs. Fraser, wake up!
4: I'm in charge of the apartments on this floor, and when I seen Mrs.
6: Fraser's hall door standing open, naturally I looked in. When I seen the dead man, Mrs. Fraser, wake naturally up! Naturally, I called the police.
5: Joe, take that woman out.
6: Now look, I'm in charge of this floor. Come on, sister. And if Mrs. Fraser's got drunk and shot that man, Joe,
5: get her out of here. Call an ambulance. Looks like this girl's doped herself. You come on, come on, come on. You mean
4: Mrs. Fraser shot the man and then tried
5: to commit suicide? Mrs. Fraser. Mrs. Fraser, wake up.
4: What, what is... Oh, a policeman.
5: Yeah. Can you sit up in bed?
4: A policeman?
5: Yeah. Put this robe on you. Yeah. Yeah, wait till I fix a pillow behind you.
4: What's a policeman doing in my apartment?
5: There you Now, I'll lean back.
4: What are you doing here?
5: Where there's a corpse, there's usually a policeman.
4: Corpse. Corpse. Then it wasn't a dream. They did kill Fred Long. They? They shot Mr. Lock twice. They gave me poison to drink. Hmm.
5: Your breath smells more like scotch.
4: It was poison, I tell you. The minute I swallowed it, the body...
5: Body. If you look over the edge of the bed... Oh, no. How long have you had a gun with a silence? I haven't. There was one in your hand when I came in.
4: What is it? Wh- what's happening to me?
5: I think you'd better tell me. Naturally, anything you say may be used against you.
4: But, but I don't know what it's all about. I only got home from Japan a few days ago. Japan? Yes. I was visiting my husband, Captain John Fraser. The next day after I opened my apartment here, Mr. Locke came to see me.
5: That's the name of the dead man?
4: Yes. Redlock. Mm -hmm. He's a member of the FBI. What? Yes. He He said if I was patriotic and wanted to do a really important job for my country...
5: Hey, Joe. Joe. Yeah? Call the Federals. Get them up here quick. Oh,
0: something hot, huh? Hurry it up. Okay, go on.
4: All I know is Mr. Locke said if I wanted to do the Federal Bureau a good turn, I'd put on a dinner gown and evening wraps and go to the corner of Rossmore and Muirfield Road in Hancock Park and wait.
5: Yeah? Honestly. Any particular time?
4: Between nine and ten on the evening of Wednesday the nineteenth, that was last night.
5: That's a pretty funny story, lady.
4: I know it. I don't understand it. All I know is I did what Mister Locke asked me, and I, I was picked up by two young men in dinner clothes. Hmm. Two brothers, Nick Gorman and Ernst Gorman. They—they they were terrible. Look, look at my wrist, black and blue. They laughed when they did that. Nick. Said a silence that made a gun sound like a champagne cork. He said with the sound of the first champagne cork, Mr. Locke will have a hole in his stomach. There he was, gagged, tied to a chair with a hole in his stomach. Holy
5: jumping catfish, girl.
4: (laughs) With the sound of the second champagne cork. Mr. Locke would be dead. And he was.
5: What was the idea?
4: They picked me up and brought me back here to my apartment. They had my key, and when we got inside, they said they'd not harm me if I'd give them the letter. What letter? I I don't know. They said my husband in Tokyo gave me a letter to deliver. They they said the letter belonged to them. You
5: denied there was a letter?
4: But there wasn't. There never was. And then? That's when they turned vicious. They laughed. Just the same? Anyway, Mr. Locke came to the door and pretended he was an old friend of my husband's. They jumped on him and tied him to a chair and said they'd kill him unless I gave up the letter.
5: And you stood by and let him?
4: But what could I do? Well,
5: if I had a
0: letter, <laughs> there
4: I... There isn't any letter. There isn't. Don't you understand? There never was.
0: Yeah? One of the boys in the FBI. Go ahead. I'm
5: keeping an eye on the door till the district attorney's boys get here. Hello, Mr. Martin. I'm Jim Peters, homicide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember you, Peters. This is Mrs. John Fraser. There's the body. Yeah. Mrs. Fraser says it's what's left of Fred Locke, who told her he was a federal. Yeah. Yeah, mind if I have a look under the sheet? No, oh, go ahead. Hmm. Anything the matter? It must be. Yeah. Yeah.
6: First place, there's nobody in the apartment named Locke. Second place, I never laid eyes on a man under this sheet
5: before. Well, well, Mrs. Fraser.
4: But he said...
5: Mrs. Fraser, you better climb out of bed and put on some duds. Duds? You don't want to go down to the station like you are, do you? You've got five minutes to get dressed. Don't try anything funny because every exit's guarded. You better step on it because I'm coming in in five minutes, ready or not.
4: And there I was, trying to scramble into my clothes and be decent by the time the officer opened the door again. Guard a belt. Lip. Oh, the one that shows. No time to change. Shoes. Stockings last. Just in case. The white waist. Brown wool skirt. I wonder if it's cold in jail. Oh, loose button. Do the ledger soap buttons are on Morning, Satin. <gasps> you. How did you get in my bedroom?
6: Aren't you going to say hello to Ernst, too? He's behind you. No, no. No, no. Don't turn around. Stand just as you are.
4: What are you trying to do to me? The police are right outside the door. All I have to do is scream. All you have to do
6: is scream and your head will be split wide open. You wouldn't. you want to see my little hatchet?
4: What did I ever do to you two? Look what you're doing to me. You kill a man before my eyes. You drug me and make it look like I did it. Don't look
6: so woe-be-gone, Saturn. All we want is the letter. Letter,
4: letter, letter.
6: One more screech out of you like that and I'll do more than put my hand over your mouth. Promise not to lift your voice? <laughs> Take your hand away.
4: Don't you understand? Please believe me. There isn't any letter. There never was a letter.
6: Hold her hands. No. Yank them behind her.
4: Oh, you devil. Why, you... I hate you. I hate you. Uh,
6: careful, you don't black her eyes. You might not look good on the course of a suicide.
4: Suicide?
6: We want that letter, and we want it now. Unless we get it, Satin Fraser is going to jump out of that bedroom window over there. Jump? Yes. One story down to a steep slate roof, then nine stories to the pavement. It <laughs> should be spectacular.
4: Now there just aren't any men like you. They
6: can't be. Drop one story to a steep roof, a nice long roll down the slates, and then out into space.
4: Stop it, it.
6: Satin Fraser. Suicide from bedroom window while police wait to take her in for questioning in murder. No. Where's the letter?
4: No. No, no.
6: Take her up. I'll take her feet.
4: No. No. No.
6: Put uh, your hand over no. her mouth. So oh.
4: uh, sir. <laughs> there she goes
6: like a wet fish. <laughs> I left so the window f- open. F- uh, head first or feet first? <laughs> feet first. They no. always drop feet first. No. All right, now. Sir. So when I say three, one, two,
4: three! No! No! And then I was over the edge, over the edge. But I wasn't falling. I was over the edge, but I wasn't falling. My belt had caught on something. I was hanging from the eaves, nine stories up, and I was hanging by my belt. Nine stories up. Nine stories up! I don't know you.
3: You're in a private room in St. Mary's Hospital. You fainted while you were hanging up there, nine stories.
4: Oh.
3: I'm sorry. It took the combined efforts of two fire department ladder companies to get you down. Your belt caught an iron vent pipe. You're a very lucky girl. I don't know you. I'm Jack Packard of the A-1 Detective Agency, doing a job for the State Department. I have orders to say to you that your husband, Captain John Fraser, gave you a large bloodstone ring when you left Tokyo. I have orders to say that the stone is hollowed out, and inside is a letter photographed on microfilm. Bloodstone and microfilm are the key words.
4: Why didn't you come sooner? Why didn't you come sooner?
3: Because if I'd come any sooner, we wouldn't have caught Nick and Ernst Gorman. You caught them? Red-handed. And the rest of the gang who were working on you. There were others? You didn't think those two policemen were real, did you? Yes. Fakes. They thought you might give the letter to the first man in police uniform you met.
4: But the FBI man who came in to identify Mr. Locke's body.
3: Another of the gang. So was a woman who said she was the housekeeper. It was all set up to make you think you were safe so you'd give up the letter.
4: I couldn't. Johnny said to guard it with my life.
3: Johnny's got a very brave young woman for a wife. If he ever does this to you again... I
4: don't know what's in the letter, but Johnny said we wouldn't want to live if its contents fell in wrong hands.
3: Johnny was right. I'm sorry I can't tell you more. You deserve to know.
4: I don't want to know. Why do they want to kill me? Killing me wouldn't get them the letter.
3: It might have prevented us from getting it. You see, there were two parts to this business. One, the delivery of the letter safely to us. Two, the capture of the Nick and Ernst Gorman gang under circumstances that would prove they were the traitors we knew them to be. That's why... Fred Locke and I used you as bait.
4: Then Mr. Locke was a federal man. And
3: died. Yes.
4: How did Nick and Ernst know to meet me on the corner of Rossmore and Muleford?
3: We tipped them off.
4: You told them I had to let it? You were
3: protected as long as Locke was alive, but when they put him out so ruthlessly, we did rather leave you out on a limb.
4: It's nine stories out. I'm
3: afraid so. The minute I learned Locke was dead, we moved in.
4: Here's the ring with the microfilm inside. It was on my finger all the time. Thank you.
3: You should be very proud.
4: Am I? I'm just scared. I need Johnny. It's
3: a pleasure to tell you that if you can wait three hours, you can have Johnny. But
4: Johnny's in Tokyo.
3: Johnny was in Tokyo. Because of courage beyond the call of duty, certain people in Washington decided you needed Johnny more than the army of occupation.
4: Oh, I do, I do. Yeah,
2: the lucky dog. You have just heard I Love Adventure. A new Carlton E. Morse production featuring Michael Raffetto as Jack Packard and Barton Yarborough as Doc Long. Next week, Incident Number Ten, entitled "The Kwong Moon Dagger," an affair of Chicago's Chinatown. Betty Lou Gerson was Satin Frazier in tonight's show. Other players included Peggy Weber, Louis Van Ruten, Russell Thorson, Lou Krugman, Frank Richards, and Dix Davis. The Girl in the Street was written and produced by Carlton E. Morse. Organ music by Rex Corey. Your announcer, Jim Butters. Now, a listening reminder. High comedy and hilarious adventure go hand in hand on the wonderful Johnny Fletcher Show starring Bill Goodwin. So stay tuned. The Johnny Fletcher Show follows next.
5: This program was transcribed. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
0: That's the show for this week, but don't forget there are thousands more like it at relicradio.com. Horror, strange tales, science fiction, crime, all available for free. If you'd like to donate to Relic Radio and help keep it all free, you can do that through the website as well. Visit donate.relicradio.com to find out more about that and see the special downloadable sets that are available. My thanks to those who have donated, and thanks for listening today. Talk to you again next week.